single one. It was just like, what if a ghost gives me a blowjob? Or what if a blank... I guarantee you, in the writer's room for Ghost in the Darkness, Val Kilmer was just like, hey, what if the lion gives me such a good blowjob that my eyes cross? Like, it definitely happened. Anyway. <clears throat> Alright. Enough of that. Uh, yeah. So... Hello and welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe, the show that is now to, now about our favorite Netflix shows. It is. Yes. Uh, my, I'm real basic, so I am Max, and mine is going. We're just going to do Stranger Things. We're going to be the. We're switching format from being the 930th uh, uh, Marvel Comics um, podcast to the. 113 millionth um, Stranger Things podcast. So. Oh dear. So, uh, bye. And I am JR. <laughs> Once again, uh, an appeal for broad, or a, a, an attempted broad mass market appeal oh, yeah. results in cancellation. Yeah, we fit. Th- this isn't actually our choice. We've been bought by a private equity firm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, so how's it going? Um, fine. This work this week sucked for work, but that's neither here nor there. Just a lot of things happened at once, and uh, I was very tired throughout most of the week. And yourself? Uh, I'm good. I uh, I got a tree cut down. I yeah, I saw that on you. Told you talked about it on how marvelous. Oh, right. And yeah. then, yeah, I think you tweeted about it and your crippling anxiety. Yeah, it was rough. But it's down. <laughs> Goodbye, tree. Fuck you. Fuck you, tree. Other tree, you're cool. You can stay. Uh, but yeah, it was, yeah. Anyway, news. News. Uh, so, I guess we have to talk about... Uh, we don't have to go in depth. We could do like two cents about the Black Widow trailer. Yeah. Um, if we're doing two cents, um, <coughs> if we're do, yeah, I liked it. I was really happy about it, and uh, I didn't know I needed Fat David Harbor as a Red Guardian until I had it. But the fact, just the man exudes pure fucking joy so that when he's like just screaming at the top of his lungs after he's apparently put the suit on for the first time I'm like I don't give a shit now whatever we're doing this yeah like I wasn't I wasn't on board on board like concept wise because especially since it's going to be well at least Nerdist says it's going to be set between um between Civil War and Infinity War like her story in that middle time right so who knows if that's true yet but like that's an educated guess and if that's the case the problem i have with it is or i had with it was that it now that endgame's done it really feels like going backward in time at all unless it's thousands of years for eternals or whatever is counterproductive like the story's done right yeah but then the trail, the teaser was like, yes, 
let's not even worry about what the story is. Look how much fucking fun these people are having. And I was like, well, piss. Okay, yeah, I'm in. Let's do this. I, I, I'm not I, even that mad about it. I like the I like that if you're gonna do Red Guardian you in in the MCU at this point, you don't wanna try and make it a current day thing. You've no. got to, you've gotta make it like they did, where it's just like during the Soviet era they tried to make their own Captain America and now he's just like whatever, I am I am I am here and now. This yeah. is life. Like, and it's like not even that like you could be like, well that's meta or that's commentary on the Russian blah 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 and I'm like, no, it's just a it's just a dude who got yeah. who got kinda used up and then he didn't need him he wasn't needed anymore, so he's just excited to be needed now. Like yeah, for whatever think, his thing is. Like I I think that's great. I'm this great. is basically what Cap would have been if he hadn't gotten frozen where it's just kinda like you reach a certain point and they're just like, okay, thanks, bye. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Taskmaster, like, you know, I know people are pissed off. Whatever. The helmet has a skull on it. And I think it'll look better with the hood up, uh, for one. But I honestly, you know what? I don't care. I'm just glad Taskmaster's in a goddamn movie. This isn't hard for me to be excited about. Yeah. Like, why are... I know that there were, yeah, I, I too saw some, some, a little bit of like piss baby nonsense where it's like, but the skull doesn't look right. It's like, dude, just, this is, why are you making this so hard to be excited for? You can just, like, if you want to, it's really a choice. You're choosing to be upset. It's okay to like nice things it's because really, they're nice. It really is. You don't have, it doesn't. Yeah, it's still a good, it's still a decent costume. I don't completely hate it. It's yeah. not, it's, I mean, the concept art to the screen, yeah, there were changes. Whatever. Yeah, that's because costuming is hard. Deal. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, you get in there and sometimes the costume you want to make is not the costume you can make. It happens. <laughs> because human bodies have a, have a far different parameter set in real life than they do in comic books yeah uh but anyway uh overall i was like i was giddy by the end of it like i thought it was fucking fun yeah and uh i'm actually surprised at how much i was excited for it um yeah. I, I really thought that when we finally got a trailer for this i was just gonna be like okay eh, okay cool um but i think I don't think this was a calculated move, but I think they got lucky that they made a really fun-looking movie uh, to to try to usher us into this new phase. It yeah. kind of feels like they're actually getting rid of the phases entirely, but to get us to usher us past Endgame, like Far From Home and this movie look like. We're just going to do a straightforward, like, just a straightforward superhero thing. It's going to be fun. You don't have to worry too much about it. Just come watch the movie. It'll, oh, I guarantee you it'll be a good time. Yeah. And then next year we'll get Eternals and we'll have to fucking... It'll be a slog. <laughs> Probably. Just, I don't... I mean, you know, I don't know, but... The costumes look good for Eternals. The, mm. the I don't know. Eternals is a just... 
it's seriously for two years every time i hear the eternals movie i'm just like i'm really making that huh like, yeah like yeah. you're really gonna do that like that's the whole plan okay yeah anyway moving on yeah i said uh, two cents and then we did 10 minutes strange academy yeah uh, i'm really excited for this because uh i love umberto ramos yes i love scotty young uh more to the point, I like Scotty Young when he's not just doing baby versions of things. <laughs> um, I no look, I I love Sc- the 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 baby Marvel covers are fine. Uh, I'm not shitting on them, but I love Scotty Young's artwork, and it's really frustrating for him to be kind of pigeonholed as the baby marvel guy um <clears throat> but whatever Who um did, did ramos do the no this isn't what i'm thinking of ramos did uh new x-men new x-men the when it not the not the morrison new x-men the, the second uh, one. academy x uh new mutants thing where they it took them a while to decide what they were going to call it um no but yeah um well umberto well yeah no it was uh, ramos and young young did a bunch of those i swear ramos did some as well i think he did um but then also the thing i love of ramos was uh his work on spider-man uh-huh because he redesigned the green goblin that one time and i really liked that uh but yeah anyway uh, the idea, the idea behind this is that uh, the rules of magic in the Marvel universe have fundamentally altered, and so Strange is just like, well, we got to do it. We we've got a whole lot of people out there who know how to use magic, but are not have not do not know how to use it now, like. The, the rules have changed and these people need to be educated in the new rules of how magic functions. And so he opens an academy uh, where some of the teachers are going to be like Hellstrom, uh, Scarlet Witch, Magic from X-Men. Um, who else? You had the thing up. I uh, still have the thing up somewhere. Uh... uh <clears throat> Hellstrom. Oh, Brother Voodoo. Brother Voodoo. And the Ancient One. Okay, Ancient One. That's a really cool list. Uh, on this cover for number one, Brother Voodoo looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, and all these kids look awesome, too. Like, I mean, you're never going to get me to say bad things about Humberto Ramos art. But, like, these kids look fun as hell. Yeah. Um, well, and I generally, like, I like, I liked Avengers Academy. Avengers Academy. Uh, yeah. I liked Wolverine and the X-Men. Um, the show? No, uh, the comic, where it was very heavily focused more on the kids. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> stuff like that. I really, I really like those. Uh, so getting a magic-based version of that, yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I think the it looks neat, and uh, 
I'm yeah, it's, it's it looks neat. I'm I'm really excited for this. It's cool as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um and Ramos is one of those people he's like he's like Bacalo in that they've got a very idiosyncratic but immediately recognizable style to Bac- them. Bacalo's um, fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love Bacalo. I if every comic could be drawn by Bacalo, I would be it's sad. Seriously, those three dudes. I would be sad because, like, it would be just one dude doing everything, and that's impossible. But <laughs> he would be dead. Yeah, <laughs> but I would also like, at the very least, I'd be like, I now have to read everything on the stands. Uh, but what? Uh, no, that yeah, those three dudes doing art, Scotty, Scotty Young, uh. Ba- Chris Bacalo and Umberto Ramos all have extremely their shit art styles. Yeah. And like you can from 15 feet away you could be like oh that's not that's A really fucking cool and B not what you're gonna see every day and uh yeah I just I like their art a lot. So yeah. Neat. Yay. Um my only my only problem is they keep making references to Hogwarts uh, in headlines and shit about it, and I'm like, oh, you know, I even magic like... schools existed before J.K. Rowling. You know what? Shut up! I don't want this. I don't want this to be another Harry Potter. Well, like, and I didn't even. I looked at this and I was like, I didn't even worry about it being another Harry Potter. Just from the cover, I was like, no, this looks like magic x-men and i'm okay yeah. that's rad let's do that well, all day that's not to say i think the series is going to be another harry potter i'm oh, not no, saying no. that people i hate the way that headline headline writers and you know pop culture always try to make things blank is something by way of blank yeah. or blank combined with blank or whatever just because it's the easiest shorthand yeah, and it's just like, why can't something be its own thing? But whatever. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about, Thor the Worthy number one came out this week. Uh, and uh, it's worth checking out, I think, because uh, Walt Simonson uh, returns to Thor in that one uh, to, tell a, to tell a story. Uh, so that's cool. But yeah. also, um, <clears throat> the... The interesting thing about this is so there is a panel where it shows several of the people who have been able to lift Mjolnir and of course there's like Cap and whatever but in silhouette are Superman and Wonder Woman and the thing about it is generally speaking the crossovers are treated as non-canon as a general rule uh, Superman uh, was able to lift Mjolnir in uh, JLA Avengers. And then Wonder Woman was able to lift it in uh, DC versus Marvel. Okay. Um, or Marvel versus DC and Avengers JLA. However you want to... They went back and forth. Whatever. Both are right. Uh, <clears throat> but they, uh, they were both able to lift it. And uh, it's a nice little nod to it. Which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. 
pick up Thor the Worthy number one. It's nifty. Uh, comics. Comics. Uh, we start this week with uh, Marvel Team-Up number 48, which is written by Bill Mantlo, penciled by Sal Bushima, inked by Mike Esposito and Dave Hunt, colored by Janice Cohen, and lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Irving Watanabe. Uh, Spider-Man's out chilling when suddenly a Stark fuel depot comes under attack um, from this random model airplane. And I don't really know... <clears throat> excuse me. There's not really a good explanation for why the model airplanes, other than... Other than the owl is fucking dumb. You know, it's... The, the thing about the thing about it is the villain's motif the airplanes don't fit into no uh, so they're just they're kind I feel like they're kind of there just to keep you guessing about who the villain is for as right. long as possible and even then like the little uh, talent like they are talons the, this paper or this airplane flies over the fuel tank which is enormous like yeah just just that that has to be a federal violation um and when it explodes you would think like the entire it looks that like shockwave should have been should have leveled most of the blocks around it um but when this airplane drops the bomb on top of this fuel depot uh they do look like talons yeah which was the thing that I noticed at the time and was like, well, that's a weird choice and then just moved on because that's probably what, exactly what they were going for was a a little bit of a misdirect on what is actually going, like who the villain is. Yeah. And so um, he is thrown clear and uh, he tries to use the uh, web shooters but they have been deformed uh, due to whatever. So he is about to go splat in a cemetery when he's saved by Iron Man. Iron Man sets him down and is just like, yeah, sure, no problem. Why did you blow that up? <laughs> and Spider-Man's like, I didn't fucking do it, man. Hey, uh, man, I was just swinging by. And then, so Iron Man and Spider-Man are about to come to blows. Spider-Man is trying to explain, no, there was a plane, there was a model plane Iron Man's like, sure there then was. Then where is it? And shit like that. So Gene DeWolf shows up for the first time here, who winds up becoming like a fixture in Spider-Man for a while, as I recall. And she's such that, I mean, they introduced her into Ultimate and stuff. You know, oh, she wow. shows up in other Spider-Man things. So, yeah. First appearance right here, Marvel Team Up number 48. Uh, but she's like, yeah, here's the plane. And then uh, <clears throat> there have been notes that have been sent to the police and Iron Man got one and that's how he knew the fuel depot was going to be attacked and who gives a shit. But anyway. Spider-Man, she shows the plane to get them. She finds the plane on the, on the ground in the cemetery to get them to quit fighting. And Spider-Man's like, okay, while he's... a while Iron Man's talking to her, I'm going to walk over here and inspect this plane, and then it incinerates itself, which, to cover their, to cover the tracks. Right. And we move to, they all, like, 
head to the precinct and as they go we watch a figure well it's mostly the figure shadow we're kind of pov and they go into one of the mausoleums in that same cemetery and uh we get some very very um ominous box text yeah but uh uh gene DeWolf drives a bitching car and she drives real fast <laughs> like that's the whole uh it's the whole thing yep <coughs> also uh <coughs> i love this so they get they arrive at the precinct and uh She's like, all right, let's go to my office and we'll finish. We'll, we'll have this conversation. And one of the, hey, Jack, hey, you, one officer, desk sergeant, um, don't you have, or do you have the, the file I wanted processed? Whatever. And the guy gives her some guff because she's a, she wears the lady pants. And uh, she's like, cool, guess who's got a beat now? You, go. And he's like, what? She's like, go. I'm done. I'm tired of you. So, like, this this woman clearly takes no shit from nobody and uh, even less shit from thinly veiled misogyny, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but she goes into her office and shows them a video of the previous explosions... One is at a house of Max Vorster, a wealthy slumlord, and a bank. And pretty much both are... There's a plane, and then they explode. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, A couple cops at the bank... uh, there were, I think it was the, was it the bank or the, either way, in one of the instances, the cops, I think it was the mansion of Borster, there were a couple of cops blown up by, uh, the plane self-destructing, the planes, yeah, self-immolation, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, the, there's conversation about how the letters, were sent on police stationery using letters cut out of a police newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, but while they're talking, on a building nearby, uh, a mysterious figure hurls a plane into the room. Um, and they, Spider-Man realizes it like a second before the plane comes flying in. Gene DeWolf wigs the fuck out. Yeah, um, she does not comport herself well. Uh, she's just like, I don't want to die! And it's just like, Gene, come on. Uh, but, so, Iron Man is able to uh, blast it out the wind, blast it out the window, and then he goes out after it. Um, but, in the process, Iron Man goes, uh, Iron Man is able to catch the plane, throw it, but in the process gets knocked out and slams into the street. Uh, meanwhile, Spider-Man goes after 
the mysterious figure across the way and the whoever it is they're able to uh avoid setting off his spider sense and they grab hold of his wrists and he cannot break free uh and that's where the issue ends <clears throat> so we pick up with marvel team up number 49 which is uh colored by phil rachelson and lettered by john costanza uh <laughs> iron man is out cold on the like he is down and uh a dude like tries to take off his helmet to get him some air but he's just like i'm all right i'm all right <laughs> um but one of the uh, other bystanders is like dude what are you doing it might be booby trapped and he's like i don't think it's booby trapped it just ain't coming off yeah so but spider-man's being held by the wraith he there's a the wraith is able to read his mind and and make him believe things yeah and stuff like that and so uh spider-man spider-man falls and it looks like iron man's going to catch him but it turns out that that is an illu is an illusion and he thinks he's slamming into the ground but then it turns out that even was an illusion and he's still being held by the wraith gene DeWolf tries to open fire <clears throat> oh shit damn it uh and uh she she does not hit the wraith the wraith starts like you know wraithing all up on her mind <laughs> spider-man's able to get away but basically what the wraith does is he forces gene to wolf to aim her gun at spider-man uh iron man at this point comes to and he's just like i'm all right i'm all right uh <laughs> the cabbie that's helping him up is like are you sure dude you probably ought to sit down and he's like nah no nah, man it's it's impenetrable armor and i fixed inertia inside it so yeah it's fine uh, i gotta go i don't think i understood any of those words but i'm gonna go back to my cab bye <laughs> yeah so gene DeWolf opens fire but right in that moment iron man inter interjects himself into the scene and the bullets bounce harmlessly off he and spider-man both go for the wraith and wind up slamming into each other uh the wraith fires a gas or a uh, a smoke gun and gets away all of that shit so gene DeWolf is in her office when her shitty dad comes by yeah her dad's real shitty. Yeah, her like like I didn't I didn't guess this one cuz now I remember that it isn't the owl in this story. Um but I was like uh her, I should have really realized that her no dad is this shitty and not a super and not a villain. Yeah. Uh spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> um I, you guys aren't here for not spoilers. But uh yeah, he ostensibly received a letter or was it she he ostensibly intercepted a letter that was on its way inside the station house because there was a second blast in front of it uh, yeah and he picked up the note brings it to her and the note's all about like 
I'm go I'm coming for the job that was supposed to be mine. Right. And blah blah blah. The and job, it turns out Yeah, she's got a brother who died in the line of duty and her father yeah. always loved him more and uh is a always loved him more. B doesn't think women should be allowed to do police work, which okay, fuck you then. Um and he's just a piece of shit. Like her her dad is a former commissioner. He was, yeah, he was commissioner before now before now. He's former commissioner. The current commissioner gave Jean her job. So, yeah. Um it's uh yeah, it's this weird interfamily clusterfuck. Anyway, he's some whoever this is is coming for the job that should be his theirs. Yeah. Ghosts. Um it's ghosts. Also her dad never believed or her dad never believed that uh Phil the brother died. Yeah. Um well, no. Phil is the dad. Brian was the brother. Um <laughs> If you say so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he fucks off. Spider-Man and Iron Man uh, make their way back in, at which point Jean shows them the letter and explains kind of what the deal is with her family. <clears throat> and uh, Spider-Man and Iron Man are talking, and they're just like, well, <laughs> if, if this involves someone who is ostensibly dead, let's talk to Doctor Strange. He can confirm whether or not... This guy is gone. Um, I love that these two dudes, uh, Iron Man and Spider-Man, like, she's like, he's dead. And uh, they're like, well, if it's ghosts, we gotta go see uh, Doctor Strange then. And they're like, instead of, and she, I imagine, she's not in panel, but I just imagine her being like, what? Like, just, what do you mean? He's dead. And there are no such thing as ghosts. Well... Oh, <laughs> uh, you say that. I've fought ghosts. We've seen some <laughs> shit, lady. Uh, <clears throat> like, I have the I have the powers of a spider. <laughs> I have the powers of a spider. He's actually fought and uh, fought. Uh, he yeah. fought a man from the future. He fought a man from the future. Yeah. We both have met. Have you met Mister Fantastic? Like. This this is not ghosts is not the like where I draw the line. Yeah. So uh, Marvel team up number fifty uh, is colored by Janice Cohen and lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Karen Mantlo. Uh, so Spider Man goes and collects uh, Doctor Strange, explains to him <clears throat> kind of what's going on. And uh, what they need him for. Uh, Iron Man goes back and starts looking at the evidence they have available to them. <clears throat> and the like. Uh, so, Spider-Man takes uh, Doctor Strange to the corner where the shootout occurred in which Brian was killed. And uh, Doctor Strange is able to use his magic to kind of, you know, show what happened. And we see that uh, Brian was shot by a criminal who then was shot. 
By and, some unnamed... Yeah. Right. Like, you don't... I think at that point you do not actually see... No, you do. Yeah. Uh, you do see uh, the one who shot the criminal was Philip DeWolf. Um, and so they go off to uh, to do whatever. Um, Iron Man uses his lab and he's able to find fingerprints the police did not find. And those match Phil uh, Philip DeWolf. Uh, so Gene, meanwhile, uh, decides to go and pay a visit to the mausoleum where her brother was interred, goes in, and it turns out that there's a staircase down to a lab where she finds the wraith, and she's just like, all right, dad, like, you know, and everything, but the wraith is just like, oh, you're so wrong, at which point her dad steps out of the shadows and he's just like, I knew your tiny, stupid woman brain could not figure out what was going on. Don't uh, you want to know who's under the mask? And so the Wraith unmasks, and it's Brian! Um, it's at this point that uh, Spidey and Doctor Strange return, and uh, they are attacked by the... Uh, by the walls and uh, subdued, and they are put. They are placed onto one of those tilting tables that every lab has, regardless of what the lab is for. Yeah. There's always like a human-sized slab on like a hinge. Uh, so they're put on one of those, and there is a beam keeping them Immobile. incapacitated and yeah, immobilized. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, Phil, Philip DeGrath, at this point, De Phil DeGrath is like, or DeWolf is like, uh, full, full on villain mode and is like, I don't even care that I've captured the heroes now. Let me reveal what I know. And like, he's even unmasking Brian in front of them. Um, so yeah, he's clearly a lunatic. Yeah. But we find we find out that at the time Brian was not killed. However, the bullet lodged in his spine and he winds up slightly uh you know, he's he's comatose. There's no no lights on at home. And so yeah, he's comatose and brain death is on its way. Um, so they, he works with these other two rich assholes who happen to be, uh, one of the, ba a banker and, uh, Max Vorster, whose mansion we know explodes. And they work to link Phil DeGrath's mind with Brian's bot. Well, that was an accident. They were going to do something. But in the process, they revealed, oh, we're actually criminals. And yeah. we want to have, like, they wanted to have something on the former commissioner or whatever. Right. And so it happens that uh, in the course of things, Philip is shoved into this ray that is, and that's how they wind up linked. 
the criminals assume that they both die because, like, you live in a comic book, bro. Check the bodies. Check the bodies. Check the bodies. Uh, while this is going on, Spider-Man is able to move enough to hit his web shooter, which hits a button which causes one of the planes to take off, and it flies between the beam and Doctor Strange. And so Doctor Strange is able to get loose, at which point, or he's able to move his, uh, his cape up to deflect the beam and then get himself and uh, Spider-Man loose. <clears throat> the upshot of all of this is that Philip is able to basically uh, control the body of, uh, of Brian. That's how the Wraith is walking around and talking, even though ostensibly Brian is uh, brain dead. So, <clears throat> uh, it's at this point, uh, Brian grabs Gene, and uh, Philip is going to use Brian's powers to basically mind wipe his own daughter, just in case you're wondering what level of piece of shit we're dealing with here. Yep. Um, and, uh, but then Iron Man shows up and clamps this helmet he was working on onto Philip, um, which causes Brian to go down, Gene is saved, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I feel like we can knock out the last issue pretty quickly because, so Marvel team up, uh, number 51 is inked by Mike Esposito and lettered by Irving Watanabe. Excuse me. Um, it's the trial of the Wraith. And uh, for whatever reason, I don't know why they have Brian there. He is in a... Co he's a vegetable. Uh, so... He's a vegetable, and we've got two rather upstanding members of the hero community being like, look, I know this shit is weird, but that old guy is in control of this guy's body and all its powers, so we're actually charging the old guy. It's like if you used a gun, only it's a man with yeah. mental abilities. And, they're, and the judge would just be like, well, you're Iron Man and you're Doctor Strange, so fuck it. Guilty. Like, you're telling me that's what's going on? And yeah. he's the reason that some people got exploded? Yeah. Uh, alright. I mean, show me the rest of your evidence, and then we'll, you know, call this a day. Yeah, Brian is basically there just to move the plot along later. Uh, Peter <laughs> Chekhov's, is brought... Chekhov's vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and they, he's even in the costume. Yeah. Like, no lawyer, no lawyer would allow that, but... Uh, Peter is there because Jonah wants pictures, yada, yada, yada. So... And it's, S.H.I.E.L.D. is monitoring right. the... They, there are a couple of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents there monitoring the uh, helmet that Iron Man put on uh, Philip. Because I think he said in the last issue that he originally got this helmet. From S.H.I.E.L.D.'s from, Esper yeah, division. exactly. Yeah. Um, and so... The trial begins and everything, but Philip is able, the helmet blocks the alpha waves from his brain, 
but not the delta waves. So he's able to use the delta waves to control one of the shield agents who unplugs the helmet. <coughs> and then uh, he is then able to take full control of uh, Brian again. Um, At that point, the kind of the quickest way to explain it is there's a fight. Everybody gets hit in the face. And eventually, and like both Phil DeGrath or De DeWolf, sorry, and Brian get put down twice. Yeah. Um, Peter Peter tells Jonah off and is just like, fuck you, you want pictures, you take them. But then promptly goes and changes into Spider Man. And so there's a little physical comedy with Jonah where he's just like, I don't know how a camera works. And the film pops out and blah, blah, blah. Um, but the upshot of all of this is that in the end, they're able to, they're able to take down Philip. And uh, they're like, we've got to do something about this. So Doctor Strange basically performs magic surgery. Fucks it up. That's the that's the important thing here. He fucks it up, uh, but then like Philip is or Brian, though comatose, is able to like kind of make it work out okay. Uh, so he's able to pull out the bullet, and Brian wakes up. What I find funny is I at the end of this, you know. So the the judge is just like clearly. Uh, while we can't really rule on what's going on with all this shit, uh, clearly, Philip is guilty. Brian was, at the very least, coerced into doing this shit. Uh, so, Brian, you're free to go, blah, blah, blah. At the end of it, uh, we wind up with, <laughs> like, the, the trial continues, and there's all of these demonstrations from, like, Moondragon comes in and she's like, mental powers. And Charles Xavier is like, yeah, mental powers exist. I mean, mutants with mental powers, sure. They're all over and, the place. Uh, stuff like that. And so in the end, the, the legal community is not willing to make a determination on the whole thing other than to say, Philip is guilty, Brian is not. At the end of it, you know, everybody takes off and Spider-Man and is talking to Gene and Brian and Spidey's like, you know, you could be a superhero. I looked it up because I was curious. Uh, he does not. He, uh, he, the next time you see him put on the costume uh, is when Gene dies. Uh, she gets shot by her former lover who becomes the Sin Eater. And so Brian... Puts on the costume to go and avenge his, her death, but then is promptly shot by the scourge of the underworld. Uh, so yeah, but uh, and then, and then yeah. we get this weird scene, super super weird, like little epilogue after Brian's like, you know what? Don't really think I want to be a hero. Bye. And Spider Man's like, it ain't for everybody, and he leaves. We cut to. The judges' chambers, where the panel of judges 
which it looks like we were doing Supreme Court style because there's almost nine of there's nine or seven of them. Yeah. Um, and they basically are like, huh, huh, like we don't know about telekinesis and tel and telepathy, and like one of them makes a lighter lift off the table with his mind light and then light his cigarette and it's like cool like why is this here oh well it's a it's a weird twist that goes nowhere yeah because at no point that i can recall is there ever a story in which it turns out the supreme court of new york is full of people with powers or anything like that it's just it's such a it's just a weird little thing tacked onto the end. It really feels like we had two thirds of a page and we didn't know what else to do with it. Like the story was done, but we had two thirds of a page and we didn't just want to give it a whole splash or anything. So they gave it these two panels and then three panels of the Hulk on his way to New York. Yeah, that's uh, it. we get a we get a little stinger at the end with Hulk. Um, being the Hulk. Over, overall, like, this story is by no means the worst thing we've... I think this story is certainly better than, like, the story where Spider-Man falls through time well, uh, uh, and yeah. stuff like that. This, um, this is probably the most... This feels like it was the most readable team-up that we've had in a while. Like, yeah. it, it just... It, it didn't feel like a slog. It was just like, oh, and I've got four issues done. That was nice. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then uh, we'll be back in a minute with uh, some Avengers. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Again, and we're going to be only discussing the works of Michael Bay, particularly uh, Transformers. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> we're gonna switch in the middle of an episode. <laughs> now, uh, Let's do Avengers 150. Yeah, uh, I really want to plow through 150 and 151 because it's a lot. Of, it's a whole lot of like, how did we get here, and who's gonna. Blah. Yeah. So, uh, Avengers number 150 is written by Steve Englehart and Stan Lee, penciled by George Perez and Jack Kirby, inked by John Tartaglioni, Duffy Voland, and Dick Ayers, colored by Irene Vartanoff, and lettered by Denise Wall and Artie Simek. And that's because there's a whole lot of uh, reprint stuff in here. Um, Which, I don't know if it's this letters page or the... 152's letters page, but remind me to look at those when we fly by. Okay. Uh, so, basically what happens is everybody's gathered at Avengers Mansion because the decision is being made who's staying, who's going, what's going on. Yeah, so what the roster looks like at the end of this meeting. And yeah. in order to do that... We have to round everybody up and put them around the table, um, which they should not have enough seats, but they do. And then we discuss everybody's origin with the Avengers in mind. Yeah. So because 
Hank, Jan, Thor, and Iron Man were all original Avengers with the ex- and with the inclusion of of Hulk. Theirs is very very Avengers number one. Don't you remember how? Oh, Jack Kirby kind of phoned this in. Um, it's weird. So we get that reprint, and then Thor announces that he's leaving. Yeah. And, and I will say that in the course of this, uh, he throw, Iron Man throws a little bit of shade when Thor is announcing that he's leaving because he's just like, I don't agree with your decision. And honestly, I don't even know why anyone brought it up. And then we see this... When he says that, it's kind of over the shoulder of Moondragon. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, all right, I see what you did there. That's really good. But yeah, so over the course of things, we we decide that Thor is leaving. Mm-hmm. For the time being, he is going to... Uh, he is going to be a, a member... In, in uh, reserve. Yeah. Um, At large, auxiliary, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, we talk about where Hawkeye's at, and he's just kind of chilling out in the West with the two-gun kid. Um, stuff like that. And then the majority of the rest is just reprints. Um, it's reprints of the second Avengers iteration. Like... The second formal team, which was Iron Man, Cap, uh, Scarlet Witch, uh, Quicksilver, and Hawkeye. Because basically everybody else decided they were leaving. And they had to go through this big long thing in order to get uh, a new team. Enough members for a new team. It actually looks kind of sad when the four of them are standing there. And it's just like, well... This is your Avengers now. And, like, if I were an outsider, if I were one of the general populace of New York counting on these people to save me from crises every other day, I'd have been like, I gotta move. Well, and that's and that's how it was. Yeah. I mean, when the new Avengers lineup took over... Ah, fuck me. Uh, sorry. <laughs> there was a lot of... There was a lot of that. Uh, nobody had any real faith in this new Avengers lineup, and eventually they sold people on it. Uh, But yeah, so we kind of leave things with the reprint there, Uh, and we pick up with Avengers 151, which is written by Jerry Conway, Jim Shooter, and Steve Englehart, penciled by George Perez, inked by John Tartaglione, colored by Don Warfield, and lettered by Irving Watanabe. Um, What follows is, the short answer is, Hell, so Moondragon is leaving. Hellcat was going to stay, but then Moondragon was like, no, you need to come train with me. I can teach you to be a better hero. So Hellcat's like, I guess I gotta. And so they go around. Jan decides she's staying. Yellowjacket is like, I'm not. I'm a scientist. I'm not meant to be this dude. And so he gets up and walks out. Um, Beast decides he's staying. Uh, yada 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 Hank eventually comes back and he's just like I can't leave like <laughs> come on Jan was pissed when he when he walked out of the room too, yeah because he her whole plan was 
to announce that she was staying in order to make sure that he did. And then she, it blew up in her face and she does not handle that well. Yeah. Um, but when he comes back in, she's like, okay, I still love you. Of course, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so that ends up being the team. It's still, uh, Star Scarlet Witch and Vision decide they're staying. Uh, the one thing I will say is in the course of things, we get a brief aside wherein there is a mysterious villain talking to someone that they are working with, but we'll find out about that soon enough. Um, but so they go outside and they're just like, this is your new Avengers lineup. And everybody's like, yay. When suddenly this crate that had been, that had been delivered earlier in the issue bursts open and Wonder Man stumbles out <clears throat> and uh, accuses. He's, yeah, he he's just like, that thing stole my brain. <laughs> and uh, Vision's like, Guh? yeah, oh no. And this is going to be an annoying thing. Um, and that's the issue. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is basically this issue. This issue and last are fine. They're basically establishing the status quo going forward, which is they're fine. Um, it's just that, and it's a good team. Like that's the thing that I ended up being like, well, okay, because I like that Beast still there. I. I'm intrigued by the concept of Moondragon mentoring Hellcat, because that's just a mix, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm glad Cap's back, and he seems like he's back for realsies this time. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that Iron Man's going to stick around, because he doesn't... Where, where else oh, is and Iron go? Man took over Chairman Shed yeah. from Thor. Forgot um, that bit. The letters page in 151 is interesting because, you know, what, what I, it resonated with me because we get all these things now, these days, they're much louder than they were back before the internet existed, where, you know, some perceived slight and the fan base decides that they were lied to or some some feature was taken from a video game and they were something was stolen or whatever um and it seems very stupid hashtag game freak lied or whatever that yeah, bullshit the is the thing about pokemon um the la the letters page on this has an apology for 150 um, wherein the creators are like, look, uh, so deadline, what do they, they call it? Yeah. De the dread deadline doom. They're like, look, that's a real thing. And I, it, it is a real thing. We're not apologizing for that. Shit happens. Sometimes we just can't get blue. Like the printers don't have blue that week. So we just don't, or that month. So we don't get to print anything. Um, that's a real, for reals thing. However, we've kind of fucked up on this, our flagship book, for the last few months. And 150 being essentially nothing but reprints of Origins that y'all already know is bullshit. Um, and 
also cards on the table like this is the editors um, and the bullpen in this letter or this apology they're like also cards on the table 151's not great either like we kind of slapped it together with about four that's why there's four different writers on this book is because so we had to cobble it together and then they basically end the apology with however now that we've got this one out of the way and we know who the team is and we've got a writer who is going to pay off some of those breadcrumbs that were dropped in this issue we promise it's going to be better and i think it's not i wasn't like it wasn't a thing i was asking for because i didn't here here's the thing i think <clears throat> i had no real issue with 150 and 151 I personally, I viewed it as this is a jumping on point. If you've never read Avengers, hey, come check it out. And so here's a little bit of backstory if you don't know it. Here's the team that we're going to have going forward. Stuff like that. Plus, Steve Englehart's run ends with 150, basically. Um, so I kind of viewed it as sort of a this is where we've been. This is where we are now you know, a switch over in creative team. And so with all of that in mind, I don't really think, I personally, I don't feel like there's all that much to apologize for in these issues. They're fine. Well, and I, I guess my point, because I'm with you, like I was kind of like, these are fine. And for me, for our purposes, they're great because I don't actually have to, spend as much time literally paying attention. I can just be like, and we're doing reprints, and this is new, two pages, and we're doing reprints some more, we're doing a lot of reprints. Okay, great. Um, for my purposes, that's actually easier. Anyway, but, I don't know, it's, uh, go read it, it's an interesting apology uh, for something that I'm not sure needed to be apologized for. Right. So, and that's in 152. 151. Or 151. It's the letters page 151. Bad. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's you don't get a lot of that ever. Um, and I think it's kind of cool. Mm. Um, like, you know, Civil War, we could have had a... Somebody could have apologized for some, for the main Civil War two books taking a year and a half to have it seven issues or whatever. Somebody could have apologized for Secret Invasion taking. God damn it, Secret Invasion! Now you got me all riled up. Cool, because uh, Avengers one fifty two. Damn it! <laughs> what? No, I don't want to rant about Secret Invasion again. The premise is so cool, and the payoff is so bullshit. It is. Anyway. Uh, Avengers one fifty two. <laughs> I have to say, features my favorite dumb villain. Uh, the cover is amazing. Because it's... What's his name? Black Talon. Black Talon. Black Talon, my first introduction to Black Talon was the Deadpool issue that he appeared in. Right. And it's, it's always burned the character into my mind. Because in the issue... Uh, you know, Deadpool being Deadpool, he just on and on and on and on and on. And uh, Black Talon says something about, like, I don't want to hear a peep out of you. And if you've never seen Black Talon, 
he has a chicken costume. He has a rooster mask and like the gloves are are modeled after chicken claws and stuff like that. I get it's a voodoo costume. It's a voodoo thing, whatever. But still. So he says, I don't want to hear a peep out of you. Deadpool loses it. And he's just like, the chicken man said peep. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so very <clears throat> uh, serious zombie times now. Avengers one fifty two is written by Jerry Conway and Steve Englehart, penciled by John Bashima, inked by Joe Sinnott, uh, colored by Petra Goldberg, and lettered by John Costanza. So Wonder Man is like repeating the whole thing about Vision stealing his mind. He collapses. They bring him inside, and the reporters are just like, uh, "Can we just and." Cap and Iron Man are just both like, fuck off. Yeah. I got shit to deal with. So they take the they take Wonder Man inside so that they can look at him. Uh, meanwhile, Jarvis straight shuts down this broadcast. It's a really it's a really nice Jarvis moment because he literally like the the news anchor is still outside and like trying to sort of sum everything up. At which point Jarvis opens the door and he's like, <clears throat> I believe it has been made clear to you that your presence is no longer required and shuts the door. And the guy's just like, him, him, <laughs> you know, but yeah. So, um, so they start trying to, uh, figure out what's going on. And, uh, Yellow Jacket, uh, looks at, uh, Wonder Man's body and they're like well he's alive in that like the processes are occurring but like no one est in casa yeah uh, the beast is looking at his brainwaves and being like there ain't nobody in there yeah um i don't know how he was talking let alone standing up yeah like it's all it's all gone the yep. autonomic processes are still working it's everything else is just everything voluntary is gone yeah and so vision of course is you know getting really philo philosophical about the whole thing about like you know the uh it is it he's not wrong i even though i personally did not do it my brainwave patterns are based on simon williams and Scarlet Witch is just like, no, this is bullshit. We are not, none of us is to blame for the situation with, uh, with Wonder Man. And so she storms off, gets outside and there's still a bunch of people out there. And she's just like, get, she blasts them it's so that they get off my lawn. Yeah. Fucking moment. And it's great. Actually, she's great in this because even though... So Vision's doing his thing where it's like, yeah, but you're... My, my take on his his take of the situation is like, yeah, but there can be... You're A, a totally different dude. B, there can be two of you, I guess. Like, we can, we can work that out. It's not like you only have to... There can only be one. This isn't a Highlander situation. Um... And I love that her reaction is, like, very, like, 
a really good partner because she's just like, no, fuck that. I love you. You get to stay. Bolt. Everything else sucks. Sorry. It's very ride or die. Yeah, uh, it is. But she goes outside and she decides to use, she uses her powers. So she, she looks at the crate and there's like these weird clumps of dirt. So she, she does something that Agatha Harkness taught her and she uses it to sort of focus in on where it came from. And she's like, all right. So she goes inside and she's just like, we got to go to New Orleans. While you men were in here navel gazing and trying to figure out what you, the manner of being, I was doing actual detective work outside. We're going to New Orleans, get in the fucking van. And yeah. they're all like, yes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> and she, there's talk of Zuvembi's. Uh, if you're a new listener and you're unaware of the Zuvembi thing, it was a workaround. Uh, in the early days of the Comics Code Authority, you could not say zombie in a comic book. And so Marvel, when they decided that they wanted to start maybe finding a way around that, they came up with Zuvembi, and it's dumb. But zombie's also kind of a dumb word, so it's like, <laughs> whatever, okay. But so they head to they head to New Orleans and promptly, like, land in the most obvious way possible. Well, uh, when they're on their way, Beast is like, I don't know about all this Zavembe crap, and uh, you guys, he's talking to Cap and Iron Man, and he's like, but you guys seem to be taking the information uh, fairly in stride, and Cap's like, man, I fought a zom- I fought a Nazi vampire. And he's like, oh, okay, and Iron Man's like, I literally did battle with a werewolf. This is not... This bugs me, though, because Beast has gone up against Frankenstein. Yeah, that's true. So, like, what the fuck? But whatever. So they, they land in New Orleans, and, like, they walk out in their costumes, and everybody on the street is just like, oh, shit, and a bunch of people make a break for it. But then, like, the guy, I guess, who is most obviously making a break for it, I don't know how they zoned, like, they zeroed in on this guy. Uh, but they take him down and, uh, they, <laughs> it's like, uh, Scarlet Witch puts the fear of God into him and he's just like, uh, what, a, what is it called? Le Mort Bayou. Yeah. Um, the dead swamp. And he's just like, Le Mort Bayou, Le Mort Bayou. And so they go and, uh, <laughs> Beast Beast is like carting Wonder Man's corpse around. And so they get there and Wonder Man like stands up and like starts walking out into the clearing. And they're just like, okay, I guess he's going now. Uh, So in the midst of this clearing, uh, there is a big fire and people dancing. And Black Talon is sitting in a throne uh, and Wonder Man comes walking up. And Black Talon's like, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be in New York. And so he's basically just like, okay, I guess I got to destroy you now. And that's when the Avengers uh, come out. And uh, this is so they deal with the they deal with the followers in fairly short order. Yeah. but then, like they're almost they're almost all immediately struck down by this dark god that 
uh, Black Talon calls upon. It's um, Dumbala, which I think I remember from the Brother Voodoo comics. Yeah. I'm not don't quote me on that, but I feel like that or another semi dark god. Uh, One of the lower. Yeah. You know, yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah. But the only one left standing is Scarlet Witch. And she uh, tries to take on Black Talon and loses. But she is able... She takes and throws a... Uh, a... Branch that's on fire at where the shadowy figure of Dumbala is. And apparently... Dumbala, I don't know, fears the light or whatever. Uh, so he disappears, at which point she's able to use her mutant powers to take out Black Talon. Great. Um, Again, this is like a good standout issue for Scarlet Witch. Yeah. She's been batting pretty well like throughout all of this, like all of our reading, because she's either hurt and like can't help but when she can help she's kicking ass and taking names and i yeah. and i always love it anytime especially like early vision relationship where she's just like no nah, he's the man i love i'm gonna i'm like what is that one issue where af it's after the issue where hank goes inside vision yeah. but um where don and T donald blake and tony are fixing the body and they're getting attacked by somebody, AIM or I don't remember, doesn't matter. And she just goes like mystical home alone on their asses, and it's fucking awesome. Like, yeah, I, she's rad. Yeah, I've uh, this this run of things has kind of given me a new appreciation for her. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So uh, Avengers number one fifty three is written by Jerry Conway, and. Uh, so, at I did forget at the end of the last issue, Scarlet Witch is just like I gotta get my shit together when it comes to my powers. So she kind of takes a break from the Avengers to go and sort some shit out. She doesn't really get a chance because in Avengers one fifty three it starts, and she she goes to the Brand Corporation. To retrieve the serpent crown because she realizes, yeah, we kind of just left that there. But uh, so she goes in after it. One of the most powerful artifacts on Earth, and we just, we just that is able there. to control people across dimensions. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she's just like, hmm, maybe we should deal with that. And so she goes and she tries to collect it, but then she comes under attack. Uh, and it turns out it's the living laser. Um, Who is... Had his power set just... Jacked. Yeah. yeah. Like, the living laser... The last time I remember seeing him was in an issue of... Something with... Hank and Jan were in a hospital. I don't remember. But he fought... Maybe that was a team up, and he was garbage. Like, yeah, he was just garbage, garbage. And uh, but he's like formidable this time. Yeah, um, 
he he pieces out with the crown right um <clears throat> and uh leaves leaves scarlet witch to deal with the with the security forces of the brand corporation i'm amazed with how much corporations are able to get away with in the marvel universe because these <laughs> dudes legit open fire on her and she's winged in the in the arm but uh so yeah so um <clears throat> The Avengers have returned to Avengers Mansion and they're like trying to figure out the the deal with uh, Wonder Man. When uh, Jarvis comes in and he's just like, uh, we have a visitor. And so Vision goes to see it's the wizard who at this point in time we believe to be the father of uh, Wanda and Pietra. So, uh, they're talking and, you know, the, the wizard is just kind of like, I've been dealing with a lot of shit. I'm kind of just trying to, uh, get right, uh, with everybody in my life. And, uh, but then suddenly something happens and you don't really, it's the sort of thing you may not, it's a weird line on the page. Um, Which, I didn't really pay it much mind at the time. Yeah, it could be like a printing defect. There, you know, all it could have been all... It's comics. There's so many things it could have been. It could have been like, yeah. So, who the fuck knows? But then, so there's a, there's a line to his eye. He goes crazy and starts like uh, attacking Vision and by extension, the rest of the Avengers. In the process, he's like talking about how uh, he's referring to them not as who they are, but by other names. So it quickly becomes clear he's not in his right mind. Um, they are able to. Um, they are able to eventually take him down because Wasp and Yellow Jacket do it. Which Wasp and Yellow Jacket in some of these issues wind up, you know, you kind of make fun of like, oh, they're tiny, ooh. But like they they are given more a lot more to do in some of these issues they're, than uh, they were in earlier ones. They're real clutch. Um, with yeah. like, all of a sudden he just grabs his head and he's like, ah, pain, ah. And collapses, and then we get to see that it's them. Yeah, uh, Hank and Jan, and we're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that actually works, right?" If they could catch up with him, they wouldn't know, or he wouldn't notice, and they'd be able to take him down together. Um, but anyway, the mansion is trashed, and in the kerfuffle, uh, Wonder Man got up. Wonder Man has gone walkabout. Yeah, uh, but he also wrecked the lab on his way out. Yeah. And so there's a bunch of people outside who are like, oh my God, it's an Avenger. And they're like, maybe I can get a souvenir. And it's like, all right, guys, sure. You know, why not? Um, but he fends them off, ducks down an alley. We get the bit with Scarlet Witch. She gets shot in the shoulder and manages to escape. She's shown flying here. And I looked at it and I guess... They later explain that she was wearing an experimental flight 
belt. Uh, but the way it, there's no there's no mention of that at this time, and so it seems as though it's basically just she flies out under her own power, and then they retconned it later. Um, we switch back to Wonder Man, who is confronted by the living laser, um, and uh, he uh, basically tells Wonder Man, "I'm using the Serpent Crown." to enslave you. You are now mine. I, yeah. I own you now. And everyone and he's like, cool, I will destroy the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, which leads us to Avengers Annual number six, which uh, this is two stories. So the bulk of it is uh, written by Jerry Conway, penciled by George Perez, inked by Mike Esposito, John Tartaglioni, and Duffy Voland. Colored by Petra Goldberg and lettered by Joe Rosen. We have we have a bunch of different things going on um, as far as the Avengers are concerned. Scarlet Witch shows up and she's just like living laser serpent crown de- <laughs> collapse, um, and then uh, so the Avengers are left trying to figure out what happened to Wizard. He comes to and he's just like I thought you were. I thought you were these things I fought in the 40s. We get a little bit about what's happened with the wizard uh, since we last saw him. He kind of lost the thread for a little bit and uh, wound up wound up in a uh, in a like free clinic or something after he drank himself into a stupor. Um, and everything, but eventually he got his shit together and decided to come back and make amends with uh, Wanda. However, he also, <clears throat> in the course of things, so if you'll recall, uh, there is his son who became Nuclo. Uh, the Avengers had to fight Nuclo. It was a whole thing. And that was the point at which we supposedly found out that Miss America and the Wizard were Wanda and Pietro's parents. So, Wizard explains that in trying to find out what happened to his son, uh, he was getting stonewalled. He was like, fuck this, I have super speed. So he busts in, finds the file, takes it back to his room and reads it. And discovers that his son has basically been the property of the United States government since that time. Uh, in addition, Cap and Iron Man are figuring out where the Serpent Crown wound up. Iron Man reveals that uh, when they dealt with the Serpent Crown in that other dimension, he he his suit picked up that it was giving off faint traces of radiation. He is now able to trace that radiation, so Cap and Iron Man go to deal with that. The one thing I will say is I find it kind of funny. Uh, in the course of it, he's talking about how that other Earth, uh, the United States, was ruled by uh, Rockefeller, yeah. but he refers to him as Rockefeller. That Rockefeller. Uh, and I now... Have, I have to assume that that's because... They really don't want to get the shit suit out of them. Well, you know, I don't know. 
I just, I like to think that's the uh, upcoming Guy Ritchie uh, <laughs> biopic about John Rockefeller. Uh, but, you know, whatever. So, uh, Beast goes off. Be, so, Beast goes off looking for Wonder Man um, and finds him. There's a brawl. Uh, and in the process, Beast Beast is able to subdue Wonder Man. And he finds that... Uh, that... Um, there were like scorched footprints and he's like, okay, that lends credence to the whole living laser thing. What I find interesting about this is at this point in, you know, at, at the point at which we're recording Wonder Man and Beast's friendship is just kind of a given. They're buddies. Uh, you know, whenever they're, whenever they're around each other, they're all chummy. Yeah. And it's like, like nonstop quippy. Yeah. Which is actually, speaking of, uh, a secret invasion was actually one of the best parts of, I think that's three or four when they, when they, they, the scroll ship lands and all the heroes fall out and Beast and Wonder Man pair off to fight each other, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, that's the one of the best parts of that whole story, is mm-hmm. their fight, because the whole time they're like, but we're best friends, why are we punching each other? How do I know you're not a Skrull? Blah, 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 blah. Like, that was really good. Right. Anyway. And so I, I think it's... I'm curious to see how it plays out, yeah. because, you know, by the time I started reading Avengers, it was just... Wonder Man and Beast are friends. End of story. Yeah. And so whenever they were together, it was just like quippy, quippy, quippy. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Um, so we we get ourselves an origin. The yeah. Origin it's, of their it's friendship. interesting that in the course of this, Beast is the one who breaks off to go and track down yeah. what happened to Wonder Man. Yeah. And so he is the first one to sort of yeah. And so it's interesting. Um, but then we we get. Uh, we go back with Cap and Iron Man. They are heading out to, I believe it's California. Uh, they head out to California to where the, the Serpent Crown is ostensibly located and find like all of these tanks doing maneuvers. Um, and there's a bunch of soldiers and they're, it looks like they're protecting a house. And they jump down and shoot everybody. Well, they're blasted out of the sky. Okay. Um, they, they are able to abandon ship right as the ship is destroyed. Cap is initially going... This is kind of a cool little thing. Uh, Cap is falling and Iron Man's like, I'm not in a position to be able to get to him in time. So he blasts a tree and then his repulsor bounces off of that and Cap then uses it, like puts up his shield. That kind of blasts him to the side right before he would have hit the ground. Uh, So they fight these, they fight these soldiers and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you attacking us? Um... And the leader, the leaders of the soldiers are just like, well, you're about to find out. At which point, uh, 
living laser comes in and is able to take both Iron Man and Captain America out. They take him inside the building, um, and uh, we are we are presented with the fact that there's this there's this general who has now decided to go rogue and has teamed up with the Living Laser, and this is what was being kind of seeded back in 150. Um, 151. And 150 was all the reprints. 151 had the seeds. Uh, yeah. The uh, <laughs> I only know that because we talked about it for so long. Whatever. Uh, so, yeah. The... We are told um, that the Living Laser read about the Serpent Crown in uh, prison. You know, learned about Lemuria, learned about the Serpent Crown, all of that. Um, And so he's just like, and now I have it, and now I will rule the world. At which point Beast appears out of nowhere, knocks it off his head, Vision grabs it, um, Wonder Man is now fighting alongside the Avengers, um, you know, and it's just kind of like, because that's, that's what's happened now. Um, but the, uh, the upshot of it is that they are able, they are able to take down Living Laser in fairly short order, uh, but then, like, the general lets loose Nuclo, and, uh, the general is like crowing about how uh, Nuclo follows all of his commands, and he's like, "Kill the Avengers, kill!" And um, immediately Nuclo just like backhands the general. Um, but uh, Nuclo proceeds to wreck the Avengers. Um, the everybody is trying to defeat Nuclo. Iron Man gets grabbed and like. He's just not, irradiated the shit out of yeah, him. Yeah, he is now absolutely sterile. Um, <laughs> Which but, honestly, not the worst thing. You know, all of the all of the energy that is imparted due, uh, due to all of these attacks causes Nuclo to get bigger and bigger and bigger until eventually the wizard just blasts in and like launches himself at Nuclo. Which causes him to reach critical mass, which means I guess everybody's sterile. Uh, but Nuclo is taken down, and uh, you know they they scoop up the wizard who was knocked out as well. Um, and yeah, woo. And then the next thing is night vision, which is a brief little. It's a short five-page story. Uh, written by Scott Edelman, penciled by Herb Trimpey, and inked by Herb Trimpey, colored by Irene Vartanov, and lettered by Irving Watanabe. Vision is just out uh, wandering around the city, and there's an altercation because... So Vision is basically, like, Vision is an android. He should be, like, thinking, I guess, faster than a person. (laughs) But he doesn't, because... He's he's walking along and a truck is coming at him and he's just like, oh, better turn diamond hard. And so he does. The truck just 
smashes into him. The guy driving the truck gets out and he's yelling and he's just like, my fucking truck, what did you do? Uh, the cops come over and they're like, uh, okay, we need to sort this out. You both need to come with us. Um, meanwhile, we have Whirlwind in a cell and he's just, apparently somebody has provided him with a means of escape in the form of a pack of fake cigarettes. So he blows the wall, collects his stuff, and is making good on his escape. But unfortunately, the vision happens to be there. And so they fight. Uh, it's it's good. Like, it's a nice little there, display of yeah, Vision's abilities. It's a good display of Vision's abilities. It's a... I wouldn't think that this is the villain that would give such a good display of his abilities, but the fact, you know, at first he's, you know, throwing things at him and it doesn't matter because he's the Vision. Um, and he, he makes himself uh, ethereal. And then he's like, well, fine. And he basically whips around him really fast and he just makes himself, you know, diamond again. And uh, nothing can move him at that point. It's it's actually it's whirlwind sucks, but this is a good use of whirlwind. Yeah. Um. So he takes out whirlwind. Whirlwind is gathered back up by the police and taken back inside. And Vision's like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna go." And the truck driver's like, "Now hold the fuck on. My truck is still a wreck." At which point, the Vision's just like. Yeah, call Tony Stark. He'll reimburse you. Bye. Um, My truck's still fucked up. Who? What are we gonna do about that? Just call the money. You yeah. just call the money. Bye. Yeah. I love how detached he is in this, though. It's great. Yep. Uh, shall we go ahead and take a break? And then start Super Villain Team Up? Sure. All right, we'll be back in a minute. Oh, all right, all right. Super Villain Team Up number five. Written by Steve Englehart, penciled by Herb Trimpey, inked by Don Perlin, colored by Phil Rachelson and lettered by Tom Orzakowski. These issues take fucking forever to do anything. I uh, It takes a real long time to get going, but once they do, it it is okay. Um, I, I was surprised at how long, or how much I ended up enjoying this story, but Jesus, five and six. They're, okay, so... Super villain number, super villain team up number five. We have we start out, and uh, the Fantastic Four is at home. Reed is just tinkering when suddenly Namor plows through the window, um, and uh, the others come running in and they're like, "Oh shit, Namor's attacking!" and uh, and Reed's like, "No, no, no, he just kind of landed," um, and so he puts him in a tank. And allows him to sort of get his shit together. Um, and Namor, Namor explains uh, that, you know, Doom has been intent on 
them joining forces, and he has told him no repeatedly. Uh, Doom, being the quintessential dude bro, just will not take no for an answer. So he blasts Namor and tells him that his, uh, he's, he's uh, neutralized the suit that Reed Richards built him. Uh, and, and not only did he break the suit, but he's fundamentally altered his structure. Well, we don't find that out just yet. Okay. Um, that is what, that is what Reed deduces later on. Okay. Um, but Doom is just like, yep, your suit no longer works if you want to be able to survive. Because if you'll recall, Namor had been hit with some chemical agent that altered him so he could no longer survive out of water. Uh, Reed Richards built him the suit. Doom has now fucked it up. Um, but so Doom takes Namor and uh, is just like, look at this. Isn't this a lovely little undersea city Atlantis has here? Be a shame if something were to happen to it. And then he basically, like, he does the, like, tip something over. <laughs> By which he, I mean, he blows some shit up. And Namor's like, no, no, stop, fine. Okay. Um, you, have, so, you have my oath. I swear my allegiance to you. Right. At that point... Doom's like, cool. Tips his head back, throws an, uh, a, a vial of solution down his throat, and he's like, this will keep you alive for another 24 hours. Yeah. But you, that's also my insurance policy that I'm the, only know, I'm the only one that knows what the hell I just gave you to keep you alive, so you have to stick with me. Otherwise, every 24 hours after you receive this, you're going to start dying again. And this, this I will say, is a, is a great Doom moment. Mm -hmm. Because then he's like, you're free to go. He's like, if you can go to Reed Richards and Reed Richards can fix this, then you're released Fair. from your vow yeah. and there's no issue. Fair play. Um, so that brings us up to the present, at which point a hologram of Doom is just like, ha ha ha, I'm smarter than all you fuckers. Uh, you'll never figure it out. Ben attacks, uh, because of course he does, but it's a hologram. So Reed is like, Namor, I promise you, we will not let this happen. So we switch to Doom, and, uh, well, I'm sorry. First, there's a brief thing where Johnny looks out the window and sees somebody, isn't there? Uh... Um, that no, may have been. not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, so we switch to Doom, and Doom is out having a lovely walk, uh, and everybody's like cowering from terrifying him his his uh, citizenry with his mere presence. Yeah. Um. <laughs> there's like so on his walk. There's like this woman with a couple of kids, and like they're both kind of clutching at her at her uh, skirt. And she's pointing at him and, like, w pointing at Doom and, like, whispering to her little boy, being like, that's the Batman. <laughs> He's also king. Do not piss him off. Yep. It's cool. Yeah. It's, well, it's funny. So, uh, so, Doom is just out for a stroll, enjoying being a, uh, a shitheel. And, like, 
the citizenry sort of watch him and at one he gets back to his castle and turns around and he's just like random assertion that I'm the best <laughs> um so Reed is Reed is trying to figure out what's going on with uh Namor uh he works out that Doom has fundamentally not only has he rendered the suit inoperative but he's fundamentally altered Namor's body chemistry so that even if he repairs the suit, the suit's not going to do any good. Yeah, and he's... It's it's a good read moment because he's like, I fixed the suit. That wasn't hard. Like, the yeah. suit, it just got... I got a, pun- a couple of holes punched in the systems. That's fine. Why are you still dying? And then he takes some blood and does some other things. And he's like, oh... Your whole molecular structure's fucked. Okay, new plan. We're gonna need a new plan. Yeah. Um, but he hates... The thing that I think that's cool about it being, like, why I think it's a, a good read moment is because he's like, son of a bitch, we wasted so much time. Like, yeah. that's the thing that galls him. Not that he can't figure out the problem. It's that he allowed himself to be... Uh, led astray yeah what he thought was the distracted yeah what he thought was the real problem was the suit and it was his own like hubris isn't the right right word but his own like uh pride that well i can't make a thing that breaks that just doesn't work anymore so i have to figure this problem to prove myself right and when he realizes it isn't the suit a he's a bit hoisted by his own petard here because it's like oh it never was the suit because of course fuck okay uh yeah i like i don't know i like that for reed so it's at this point that johnny notices someone on a nearby rooftop he goes to investigate and he runs into this dude the shroud um (laughs) they have a dust up because two superheroes cannot meet but that they don't fight uh, yeah, he could have flown over here and just been like, and this is this is on Johnny because he could have flown over here and been like, uh, hey, I see you creeping. What you creeping for? Yeah, and the shroud would have been like, ah, uh, shit, didn't really mean for you to see me this early, but I guess now that you have, I ain't. I'm just watching. Okay, that's weird. Like that's weird. You can't do that because, you know, people try to murder us constantly. So what's your deal? And they could talk. Uh, But no, he has to get his ass kicked and then the shroud disappears into the night. Right. Um, So we we switch back. The, The weird thing is the shroud... The Shroud at this point is just like, I'm going to defeat Doctor Doom. Um, And we have yet to be... We have yet to really be given a good reason why, other than it will make his name as a superhero. Yeah, his first declaration of why he wants to take down Doom is real selfish in a way that makes you go, "I, I... it makes it tough to root for the guy. Yeah, I mean, he isn't he isn't out to stop Doom Doom because it's Doom. Uh, he's not out to stop Doom 
for some altruistic reason. He's literally doing it to make to make his bones. Fame, isn't that which is make his bone? I don't know. Make his bones doesn't sound like a thing. I don't. I don't know. But like, you don't have to work that hard to make your fight in against a doom, uh, like seem like a fight worth having. You just his name is Doom. Yeah. Like you don't have to make it this difficult, but he ends up screwing it all up. So I don't know how I felt. I feel about him at this point. Meanwhile, back in the lab, make one's bones is an idiom. I'm glad I didn't just pull that out of my ass. It is an idiom meaning to take actions to establish achievement, status, or respect. Thank you, brain. Okay. Johnny so, stumbles back into the lab and gets yelled at and is like, hey guys, I just got attacked. And John Reed is like, we are almost out of time and I do not fucking care. And, oh, okay, I'll shut up. Uh, and at that point, Namor, who's still in the tank, is like, we're, we're done. We're out of time. I'm sorry. I'm gone. And busts the tank up, punches Ben in the face, and is like, bye. And on his way out, he's like, Actually, you know what? Everything I did in the last top five seconds, okay, that was a bit much. I'm sorry. And he leaves. Uh, he goes outside, and he he's just like, he tries to kind of take a swan dive and splatter himself, but Doom's just like, you don't get out of it that easily. So he, he wraps uh, Namor up in a bubble and teleports him away. But not before being like, ha, you suck, Richards. And, yeah. Um, the Shroud is there and he's just like, ooh, I'm going to take Doom down so hard. Um, the the next part of this is... Something. Uh, Supervillain team-up number six is inked by Jack Abel and colored by Janice Cohen. Uh... Namor is transported to Latveria and he is now uh, Doom's bitch and uh, Dr. Doom Dr. Doom is just like yeah I'm gonna use you to take over the world you know no big um, Doom gets word that the Fantastic car is coming uh, so he he sets his automa automated defenses um but the Fantastic Four are able to bypass a lot of them. Uh, he tries to use a tractor beam, but Mr. Fantastic knew about it after Luke Cage uh, was had his... <laughs> borrowed a Fantastic car to go to Latveria and get his money from Doom. Right. So they're able to get past that. They get past some missiles. They get past, like, several... There's some gas and... Sue <coughs> forms a bubble around them. And then eventually they take to foot to fight some robots. The Shroud uses this as an opportunity to get past Doom's defenses and get in his castle. Um, uh, but right before it starts, he's Doom. Right before the Fantastic Four start fighting their defenses, though, Doom does say to his underling, he's like, look. That unofficial meeting will be dealt with by the defenses outside. I have an official meeting that I have to go take care of 
now. Yeah. So we cut to his official meeting where he is uh, displaying all of his weaponry to someone who is, cla- you know, sh- I, shrouded in shadow. There's, yeah. too, there's a lot of shroud this week. Yeah. And uh, he he's explaining his self-contained nuclear weapon. He's explaining his death satellite. He's doing all sorts of stuff. And at the end of the day, the guy that he's talking to is like, you know, yeah, it's clear that you've got a lot of might, but you're isolated. You have no friends. There is no way. There's no reason for my for the 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 or the or the government I represent. He de- he doesn't say that because that would have given away the game. But he there's no reason for us to take us take you seriously though. And he's like or on the world stage. Doom's like aha. Now we get to the real point. I what if I told you I have a an alliance with Atlantis. And the guy goes, well, that would be a much different story. Right. Um, And so Doom has made some progress. But then he's interrupted by an underling who's just like, the Fantastic Four have defeated the robots. And so Doom is just like, Namor, go and deal with those assholes. And Namor's like, this is what I've been dreading. Ah, fine. So he goes out and he meets the Fantastic Four. And there's, there's your standard... Fantastic Four tussle with uh, Namor. Johnny ends it by drying Namor out to the point that uh, he can no longer battle on. Uh, and so the Fantastic Four uh, come to the the door of Castle Von Doom. And Doom's like, you, you're no good here. I have just finished cementing an alliance that will that means you cannot lay a finger on me and they're just like fuck you at which point henry goddamn kissinger uh steps out and he's just like actually we have we have worked out a a a non-aggression pact uh you cannot do anything uh to dr doom as american citizens and Doom is just uh, Doom is behind him, just being like, "Fuck you!" And uh, the Shroud is watching from the from the rafters, and he's just like, "I'm not gonna let anything stop me, because I'm an asshole." Uh, so, supervillain team up number seven is inked by Pablo Marcos, colored by Hugh Paley, and lettered by Gene Hip. Um, the Fantastic Four storm out. And they're just like, God damn it, there's nothing we can do. Um, Reed, is, Reed is like... Reed is cemented that there is nothing they can do and they have to leave, even right. though he fucking hates it. And Ben and Johnny both are just like, this what is, the fuck are you doing? This is bullshit. It's doom. You are being bullshit right now. This is bullshit. And Reed's like, anybody else brings some shit up to me and they're getting left here. Like, yeah. I, I am fucking, I'm not dealing with you guys too right now. Everybody yeah. get in the goddamn car. Uh, he kind of has a very dad moment. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, so Kissinger takes off. Yep. Uh, and Doom is just like, this is great, gonna take over the world. Yeah, buddy. So he goes off to do his thing. Namor is just like, this is bullshit, man. Everything sucks. And he is, he is, there's like, 
a uh, a curtain is just like, hey. Uh, so he goes over and the shroud is there. And the shroud is just like, you're not raising the alarm, so I'm guessing we're good. Okay, I'm a kill doom. Uh, the shroud explains who he is. And the thing that I really like is they straight up lift not only Batman's origin, but like panels from Batman's origin. Like if you look at Detective Comics number 27, this is lifted straight from it. Uh, but yeah, he his parents were murdered. He studied and trained to be the very best around. Uh, ain't no one ever going to bring you down. Uh, and he's just like, and then like all of these superheroes started showing up. So I went to Tibet to like train with the, I heard about a temple where they worshiped the God Kali. Uh, and without my even saying anything, they're just like, yeah, we'll teach you everything we know. So he went through the training and then at the very end, his face was, uh, branded with the mark of Kali, uh, which blinded him. He ran out into the snow to, like, soothe the, the burn, uh, which you should not do. You should not. Do not put snow or ice on a burn. Do not. You got to just get some water on there that's not too cold because the ice and snow can straight up, like, hurt you in that but anyway, just a just a friendly warning from the Watcher's Guide. A friendly, Do not put snow or ice on a burn. A friendly first aid tip. But uh, so he comes back and he becomes the Shroud, and yeah, um, it's your classic Daredevil meets Batman. Yeah, it's a it's a Dare Man. A Dare uh, Man or a Bat Devil. Uh, so. Yeah, either one is equally dumb, so whatever. So we uh, but he's just like, yeah, and I'm here to kill Doom. Because that's that's what I think a superhero should do, is immediately go out and pick a fight with the biggest dude around. Uh, and I really, really, really thought that this was going to be, like, the story of the Shroud was going to be a... A don't fucking do this, right? Like, you don't just decide... You don't get to just decide you're going to be a superhero and then pick the... Go pick a fight with the biggest guy in the yard because, for fame and expect that to work out for you. Yeah. Like, I really expected this story, the Shroud story to end with him being totes murdered by Doom, possibly easily. Like, just... Yeah. Like he was br like Doom was just brushing uh fluff away. Yeah. Um that's not what happens, so I guess good on you writers. Uh we switch back to the Fantastic Four flying over the Atlantic and uh Reed is still getting a goddamn earful from uh <sighs> from Ben. Just... And at this point he goes full dad and pulls the car over. Um ostensibly because he's also realized they're flying directly over Hydro Base at the moment, which is where Namor's people live. Um, we, yeah. haven't been, we haven't been reading uh, Namor, so we kind of don't know what Hydro Base is, but it's not that hard to work out. 
It's it's come up a few times. Hydro Base is the floating island lab where uh, where the Atlanteans are. Uh, most of them are in stasis because she is uh, sorry because they have been changed. Um, <clears throat> There's a mutation. Yeah, they've been changed, and if they're trying to find some way to save them, uh, Namorita is there, as is this woman, Tamara, who is a red uh, sea person. Her entire race, uh, we find out later that her entire race has been destroyed, <laughs> was wiped out. Uh, the, the weird thing is, in the course of things, Namorita says she's Namor's sister. Yes. But I was under the impression that she was his cousin. And I think that Wikipedia bears that out. Oh. So I don't know if I don't know whether this was a mistake or whether the cousin thing was added later. I don't know. But they land on Hydra Base and Reed gets out and confronts you know, Namorita and Tamara are approaching and they're like, hey, land dweller, what the, hi, are we gonna, is this a thing? And he's like, my name is Reed Richards and I'm here to say, uh, rap pun. Um, he goes, like, I Doom been... is fucking Namor in a major way. Ah. Yeah, that's right. I can spit mad bars. No, uh, I'm he's terribly like, sorry. He's, he's like, my friends and I have been warned to stay out of this, but I need to let you, you guys, it seems like y'all should know what's up. And I like this because this is a nice sidestep for Reed. Yeah. He, he is not just going to allow things to lie, <laughs> even though technically he's not allowed to do anything. And, and then we get a weird fucking scene. Uh, because basically... Like, Doom I, is out walking his ravening hounds. Uh, rolls up on this this peasant home, and he's just like he basically invokes the Latverian version of Prima Noctis, uh, and he's just like, I am allowed to uh, to partake of the company of any woman I choose, and I choose your daughter. And it's just like this is really gross. This is really gross. Um, yeah, like, I didn't need to dislike Doom more. Yeah. Know? Like, adding this is But thankfully, but, thankfully, yeah. before we're able to see where this is going, uh, <laughs> Doom takes her outside and he's just like, yeah, my dogs are going to go kill some wolves. It's going to be pretty tight. But, uh... Now what that, about us? Now that At which point... Now that we're alone. The Shroud shows up and he's just like, Hey, don't date rape that girl. <laughs> and uh, so the Shroud and Doom fight. The Shroud... Uh, the Shroud, like, shrugs off uh, Doom's blast, throws a... A bomberang at him. A shroud. Um, it's not a batarang. It's a shrouderang. It's a. I think he called it a bomberang, he isn't does. it? Yeah, he does. Yeah, uh, a bomberang. Uh, 
Doom deals with that in short order, fires off some stuff. They go back and forth. Ultimately, uh, the Shroud is able to attach a magnesium thing that starts burning Doom's armor. So Doom rips off his chest plate and throws it aside. He is then beset by both wolves and his own dogs and goes over the cliff. Um, and the Shroud is just like, cool. Boom. So he goes back to Doom's castle and tells Namor, hey, Doom is dead. And Namor is like, oh, cool. And so... Great. I don't have to do any of the things anymore. Yeah. Let's go. So he, so they leave Castle Doom. The Shroud is like, I will give you a ride back to the U.S. And we will find someone, you know, whether it's Tony Stark, whether it's Reed Richards, whoever, to fix what is wrong with you. So they leave. Uh, Doom comes to and he has been uh, found and patched up by Tamara, Namorita, and the Atlanteans. Which brings us to supervillain team-up number eight, which is uh, penciled by Keith Giffen, inked by Owen McCarran, colored by Phil Rachelson, and lettered by Gene Hip and Irving Watanabe. Uh, this cover is... A lie. A lie, but, like, in an absolutely just amazing way. Because... So the cover is promising that Namor is going to fight. It's it's the battle beneath the big top. He's going to fight the circus of crime. Which, if you've been reading, which I was, I was like, what? Like, how are you going to... That's a that's a hard left. Okay. Weird. Um, also, I'm really ha starting to question, like... Was the Circus of Crime a huge deal in the 70s? Like, was it really cool? Was, like, did they think the supervillain team-up book was flagging so they were like, fuck it, put Circus of Crime the, on, on the cover because that shit always sells. Um, I don't know, and my reality is very... My, my, my relationship with re reality is tenuous. The, the thing that annoys me is... <clears throat> I had thought that Supervillain Team-Up was going to be like Marvel 2-in-1 or like Marvel Team-Up in that maybe we'd have Doctor Doom and then a rotating cast of villains. I did not know this was going to be Doom lighting. I did not know this was going to be this constant will-they-won't-they they bullshit <laughs> between Doom and... Uh, and Namor, uh, who says he definitely does not want to. I will say, shout out to the 80s kids that got the Moonlighting reference. Uh, but the thing about it is, uh, so this, this shit starts, and Namorita and Tamara, Tamara are just like, uh, we know what you've been doing to Namor. It's not okay. You're going to find a way to fix this. And Doom is like, uh, I have not been... You are mis, you are mistaken. <laughs> I uh, am not 
doing anything. Also, even if I was doing anything, you wouldn't want to hurt me because I know how to fix all of you. Yeah. And Namorita's like, fuck. Like, he might. Like, she's just... Also, I don't know who this... Uh, I don't know this Tamara character, but I kind of want to because she seems cool. Because she seems like Namorita's muscle, which yeah. is awesome. So, I don't know if that's the case, but that's the way it reads. Yeah, but uh, he... They... Doom manages to to talk them into taking him back to Castle Doom. He's like, I'll prove to you that I'm on the level. So they go back, and the this same poor underling is just like, yeah, Namor left. And Doom's like, fucking what? And uh, so Tamara and Namorita are just like, no. You are coming with us, and you are going to uh, fix all of the all of our people. Yeah, um, if you say you can fix it, you're gonna fix it, and then we'll talk about this weird alliance you keep to be you seem to be purporting between Namor and yourself. Right. Uh, That'll that will be your bargaining chip. If you fix the mutations, then we'll listen. But up until then, I, you're a liar, and I don't care. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Shroud and Namor make their way back to Shroud's plane, which is beset by people and smashed. Um, and it's in the course of things, there's like, the Doom's underlings are like discussing the rumors uh, of Doom's death. And Boris, Boris, Doom's right-hand dude, is just like, I'm not even going to respond to that that is that is you should not be talking about this. yeah i would not boris says nothing without his master's permission and he's yeah. like so we're not even going to talk about this and it's like boris knows what's up yeah like even if namor's been seen being thrown off a cliff whilst being hounded by wolves and dogs uh yeah he might not be dead so just shush yeah uh do Namor and Shroud get away from the villagers? Who cares? Doom gets a message from uh, from Latveria about Namor and the Shroud. Namor and the Shroud arrive in this small town in Latveria where there's a circus going on. It's the circus of crime. Namor and the Shroud go in, and Namor's just like Namor is like, we come in peace. I have no problem with you. You have no problem with me. We're good. Uh, Ringmaster's like, no. And so the Circus of Crime attacks. Namor and Shroud deal with it in short order because it's the fucking Circus of Crime. Uh, and so the Ringmaster's like, fine, we'll help smuggle you out of Latveria. Um, so that night, the Circus is making its way through. Um, Doom is ostensibly there. We, the reader, of course, know it's not actually Doom. Um... Yeah, we're shown it's a. It looks like a Doom bot um, that is being controlled by Boris. Um, but yes, so at the end of the day, Namor and Shroud reveal themselves because, of course, they do. Yeah, Namor is like he's still alive. I'm still bound by my oath. All oh, right. Um, so Shroud is like, shut up, and punches him in the head. 
Uh, Doom is like, what is going on there? Surround them. And that's where we leave the issue. Um, so yeah. So then we pick up with Avengers number 154, which is written by Jerry Conway, penciled by George Perez, inked by Pablo Marcos, excuse me, colored by Don Warfield, and lettered by John Costanza. Uh, Vision is out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, dumping the Serpent Crown, um, when suddenly he you is know, attacked. You know, the Lomarian artifact, he's basically returning it to Lomaria. This would, this would be like if Frodo, uh, <laughs> if Frodo made his way across Middle Earth to just leave the One Ring on the doorstep at, at Mordor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Here you go, I thought you'd want this back. Yeah, so uh, he is suddenly attacked by some Atlanteans um, who capture him and uh, we then switch to the Avengers who have taken the wizard to the hospital. And the question now becomes, of course, what do we do about Wonder Man? Like, how, how has any of this happened? And is he on the level? Or are we just opening ourselves up to another attack? Um, meanwhile, Wanda is back at the mansion, uh, having been bandaged up from her busted wing when suddenly a ship flies in and lands at the uh, at the mansion. Um, Jarvis busts out with a fucking huge gun and is like, I'll get it for you, Miss uh, uh, Maximoff. Or I guess it's not. Yeah, it is Maximoff still, right? Well, I don't know if Vision has another idea identity at this I know at one point didn't Vision have an have a quote unquote uh, name yeah um, anyway he busts out and he's like I'll get it for you and she's like whoa 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 I'm gonna mom it out a little more these might be friends so yeah. can you put the large ordinance away and Jarvis is like well, I, yes you're quite right I'm sorry and uh, the plane the jet the aircraft lands and out pops triton and he's like i came to beg your help the fantastic four did something to uh the great refuge that is totally not destroyed don't don't it's fine and uh can you get the other avengers together let's let's go inside yeah and wanda's like cool we'll go inside right um we come back vision is brought before atuma Who's just like, I'm going to make you all my slaves. I'm going to break you. Blah, blah, blah. Standard standard warlord stuff. Standard Atuma stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is... Yeah. One note. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but in we switch back to Wanda. And she and Triton are talking. And Triton makes a slip up here. Wherein he's just like, why don't you have your brother... Uh, do something. I forget what it Go was. Go find the other Avengers. Go like, find the other Avengers. She's having trouble bringing up other, bringing up people on the radio, and he's like, "Can't you send your brother Pietro? I am a, not familiar with his current status. Clearly, yeah." And she's and like, "She's like, oh shit! If you were really Triton, you would know Pietro married Crystal, 
and is now living with the uh, Inhumans. Like you. So she spins around and with her one good arm blasts the hex bolt at him. But like it's half strength so all it really manages to do is blow the disguise off. And he's like, how did you guess? Right. It's like, I am because I am the best spy that Atuma has. And it's like, okay, great. <clears throat> uh, he he takes down Scarlet Witch and Jarvis, but I mean, that was a given. Uh, the Avengers arrive and attack this dude, Tyrek. Um, he beats them. And I'm not super thrilled with what happens here. Uh so he crushes Iron Man's chest plate, and it, which means that Iron Man does not have the power to, like, even move. Uh, bests each of the Avengers one by one, on and on and on. At which point Be- Beast just says, All right, I'm out. Bye. And jumps out the window. Um, so the Avengers are rounded up. I think I did forget to mention in the course of this... Atuma's plan is to uh, send the Avengers against uh, Namor. So, yeah. So that brings us to Supervillain Team Up number nine, which is written by Bill Mantlow, penciled by Jim Shooter, inked by Sal Trapani, colored by Hugh Paley, and lettered by Denise Wall. Uh, So Atuma sends the Avengers to attack Hydra Base, which is where he thinks Namor is. Uh, Each set of Avengers tries to figure out some way to get away, but the collars they're all now wearing invariably drive them back on on mission. Um, Also, they're all fucked up. Like, Cap's the only one who... Cap gets fucked up. Cap's the only one who isn't, like, critically debilitated. Like, they managed... The Atumas people managed to put uh, Tony's armor back together so that it worked right. But he's, like, he ain't there. Like, he's yeah. he's, he's having a little bit of a PTSD thing where it's like, oh, right. Like, if you could just crush that, I'm fucked. Like he's having a lot of realizations going through his head, and well, he's... And I, I think, I think it's also his heart. Yeah, uh, he was worried. Yeah. So yeah. Um, um, he, Jan, gets herself fucked up too by the collar. Like she tries to escape, and just she's eats knocked it. out. Um, uh, Wanda is all the way toast. Yeah. Too. So, this is as far as plans go. This is a bad plan. Like, this yeah. is a bad Atuma plan. Like, you should have... They weren't going to be happy about it, but maybe let everybody rest up and test out their collars before, so that they know the, know the story. And then once... Then you send them into the field once everybody's healed. Yeah. Um, we, then, we then switch over. Uh, there is ostensibly someone who's watching, but we don't really get a... This is. There are so many threads going on here. Uh, there is somebody who is watching Atuma, and event, and as things progress, there are various parties that are watching what's going on. We switch to Latveria, and the Shroud 
uh, is surrounded. Doom orders his men to leave them. He wants to deal with the Shroud and Namor alone. It's at this point that he reveals he is actually the rightful ruler of Latveria, Rodolfo. Um, is that right? Is that uh, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he gets some more antidote to Namor first so that Namor's not literally dying. Yeah. Um, and they're just like, so how is Latveria better off with you than it is with Doom? You're, you're the, you were the former king, or you are, you represent a return to the monarchy, which wasn't exactly great for Latveria to begin with. So why the fuck should we give a shit about you? Rodolfo explains that in his last bid, which I don't know if we read it because I couldn't get a hold of the issues at the time. Uh, Rodolfo explains that he is not trying to regain the throne. Yeah. His last uh, fight against Doom made it clear to him he is nothing. He should not be in charge of Latveria. Um, all he wants is to depose Doom and allow the country to forge its own path free of Doom. Um Namor is just like, whatever, I'm fucking out of here. Fuck this. Um, He's like, yeah, no, wait. Okay, so you're not Doom. That means I don't know you shit. Bye. Yeah. Which, good on him. Uh, Doom is at Hydro Base, and in the process of, like, working all of this out, he is, he turns, and he's able to talk to someone on his wrist communicator but Namorita is just like, nope, and blasts it. Um, so it's at this point that the Avengers suddenly bust in. Like, Doom grabs Namorita because she got too close. And he's like, L have your guards let me go or I'll break your wrist. Which, yeah, sure, that sounds like a, what a dude who has an alliance with you would do. But whatever. Uh... Doom, Doom does not have a chance to make good on it because the Avengers burst in. And so we wind up where Namorita and Tamara kind of have to fight alongside Doom. They don't want to, but they're like, well, we may actually have an alliance with you. Who knows? Well, uh, it's very... And also, you're the best hope for our people. Uh, he's. It's a... Normally, I hate a, a confrontation like this where it's like, nobody knows what's going on, so we're just going to fight. The fact that they've got the collars on and Doom has leverage over the Atlanteans at the moment, like, actually makes this work. Yeah. Because nobody knows why they're fighting right now. Because the Avengers don't actually want to fight Doom. They were sent here by Atuma to fight Namor. Namor's not here, but Doom starts fighting. But, yeah, it's actually, it works. Yeah. Normally, yeah, like I say, normally this kind of fight, I'd just be like, this is fucking dumb. But I enjoyed this. This kind of confusion is okay. Yeah. Uh, so we switch back to New York. You know, there's the fight between them. Whatever. We switch back to New York. Beast arrives at the hospital where the wizard is convalescing. Explains the situation to wizard and Wonder Man. At which point they are just like, well, we've got to go. Um, 
they are there's initial concerns about like you know dude your heart sucks and wizards like it doesn't matter we're going um and it ends with submariner flying over eastern europe it's still latveria because it's the latvian air force this is the latvian air force i thought this was the um the Russian Air Force. No, I think if you if you read their dialogue, they say they're Latvian. Sure. Uh, anyway, so he gets he runs into some planes and. Well, I guess I guess I thought it was Russian because he says Lenin's ghost. Yeah. But, I think they actually, one of them says I. I knew when I joined the Latvian Air Force that I was going to see some weird shit or something like that. I thought it... Well, okay, he says we were warned to expect anything on the Latvian Border Patrol, but a flying man, so... Unclear. Um, Latvian Border, okay. And he goes, uh, but Namor sees the planes. Or no, he gets fired upon by these planes uh, because he... That's the other thing is because he crosses airspace, right? Hmm. Um, he's fired upon by the planes. He gets pissed and destroys both of them. And the pilot has intelligence that Atuma is being command or is currently commanding. Um, or no, they're on high alert because of Atuma, and <sighs> it yeah. The ending is a little weird. Yeah. Because he's... It's it's not a great cliffhanger. It's just he's on his way. Yeah. I... Because all... In the course of... So in the course of things, we have... Doom's underlings who are operating as though Doom is there. Uh, because of Rodolfo. Or at least... Operating as though... Because a Doom bot is in charge. They don't know Doom is alive. Uh, but they're operating... Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, we've got this other organization because in the course of Rudolfo's conversation with Namor and the Shroud, there's somebody watching them uh, and that somehow ties into uh, yeah. the thing that was the people that were watching Atuma. There are too many threads here. It's just like there we need to a, clear some of this up because this is getting unwieldy. There's a lot going on. So well whatever. We'll see next week, I guess. Hooray! Top five. The Watcher's Guides Top Five. Number five, Henry Kissinger is a straight-up villain because that was too dumb, too dumb to not go mentioned. Uh, it seems pretty. It, it seems pretty spot on. No, I actually I like it uh, when I was reading it and Jocelyn walked in the room and I just got to that part and I was like, Henry Kissinger is making a deal with Doctor Doom, and she was like, What the fuck? Are what? And I was like, also, get your politics out of my comics. And she was like, yeah, okay. 
Um, Whatever. Kissinger is a war criminal. He really is. Um, Number four is... I forgot what I was doing. Beast's reaction to Zvembe's being real and Cap and Tony's reaction to him. Because he's just like, I don't know if I can handle all this. Do you guys really believe it? He's like, uh, Nazis... Nazi vampire once. What? Uh, I just thought that interaction was fun. Uh, number three. So, Marvel Team Up number 50, the cover to that is really cool. Even though the actual, like, payoff of that, of the promise of the cover isn't, but... So, it's Doctor Strange in the front doing Doctor Strange hands, and Spider-Man in the back contending with the the hands that are coming out of the walls mm-hmm. it's really well constructed and it makes doctor it makes it look like whatever's about to happen is perfectly suited to bring doctor strange in mm-hmm. even though in the book that that's only mostly true um number three i just did number two is cab and iron man fighting together in annual in the annual because it's rad like these this writing team has really figured out that like those two fighting together should be a no-brainer like they should just these two dudes should be able to wipe out 50 trained soldiers because and the example is the thing that you brought up during the episode which is while while cap is falling you know, Tony's like, I'm not gonna get there, but the repulsor blasts will, and manages to ricochet off to hit the shield. That's really cool, and yeah, it just makes sense. Um, and then uh, from Avengers 152, Wanda's mom voice, where she's just like, uh, "Okay, while y'all were in here discussing." philosophy or whatever i was outside actually cleaning shit up and figuring stuff out i know we're going to new orleans everybody get in the van i just fucking love that that she just takes charge of the situation because vision's all like well i don't know about if my existence is strictly necessary or perhaps it's even wrong and she's like no none of that shit yeah no let's go um Instead of doing that, we could figure out what's going on. I like that. So, Wanda wins again. So, that's me. Uh, number five is Iron Man throwing mad shade at Moon Dragon. Ah, <laughs> uh, just that. I don't even know why anyone would bring it up. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're the asshole that talked our heavy hit, heaviest heavy hitter. Because I ain't no slouch into leaving thank you and then and then she leaves she's just like yep now that i've convinced thor to leave there's really no reason for me to stick around either and iron man's just like what i'm losing Uh, all my gods today yeah fucking great uh number four new york's supreme court is mutants (laughs) uh because it's just such a weird fucking like, thing to just never bring up again. Uh, mm. Anyway, uh, number three, Beast and Wonder Man. Because I'm kind of curious to see how this 
winds up developing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most most relationships, I've got a pretty good handle on how they came about to some degree. Right. Uh, but Beast and Wonder Man, I genuinely, I have never encountered a an issue. And this is not this is not to say that I think they went straight from, hey, how's it going? I'm Beast. I'm Wonder Man. We're best friends now. Uh, this isn't like five, but, five and six year olds deciding that they are best friends, right? This, you know, that's not. It's my own lack of reading so, in this era uh, that resulted in that. But still, I'm just I'm curious to see how that comes about. Uh, number two is Scarlet Witch. Just Scarlet Witch in general. Because she really rocked some shit out this week. Uh, And number one was Doom releasing Namor just to have a biggest swinging dick moment. Uh, Releasing Namor just so that he can be like, nobody can help you. You are mine now. Uh, That was such a Doom moment. And it was wonderful. Uh, even if the rest of this I'm not into as much, but whatever. Um, next week we get, we get more, uh, we get Avengers, some Avengers and then some supervillain team up, uh, a little bit of Daredevil and Iron Man. I, it's a weird, it's a weird week cause it's literally Avengers, supervillain team up, Daredevil annual, Iron Man, Jungle Action, Champions, and Marvel Spotlight. Judas Priest. It's all over the place. So I'm curious to see how all of this is going to tie together. But whatever. We'll see. Maybe it won't. (laughs) Be here next week to find out. Uh, In the meantime, like us on Facebook. Follow us both individually and at WatchersGuideMU. Email us at WatchersGuide at Gmail. Visit our website at WatchersGuide.com. And check out our new show, How Marvelous. The second episode will be posted as soon as I can edit it. Hooray. Hooray. Uh, That is it for us. And have a marvelous week. Bye.